Our scripture today comes from the first chapter of John, verses 1 through 18. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's right side, he has made him known. The word of the Lord. The Old Testament says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. It's, I find it difficult to introduce a new series uh, because you have to introduce the book of the Bible that you're beginning and you have to preach on the particular text of Scripture at the beginning of that book. So you're trying to do two things at once, and, and I find that difficult. And uh, the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John, which you have just heard read, they are worthy of months of consideration. And we only have 30, about 30 minutes today. So uh, forgive my limitations, please, but I will try to set this up. John's Gospel is also known as the fourth gospel. Now, when I say the gospel of John, we are not referring to the John that was just mentioned in the first 18 verses. There was a man named John. That is John the Baptist, okay? Two different Johns. The John who wrote this gospel is historically believed to be John the Apostle, one of the sons of Zebedee, okay? So, two different Johns. The Gospel of John, the fourth gospel, is an account of Jesus Christ's life that is quite different from the other gospels that you find in the New Testament. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke. Those are what scholars refer to as the synoptic gospels. They all follow a similar tradition of thought in how they explain the life and work of Jesus Christ. But John's gospel literally omits entire sections, themes, accounts, plot sequences that the other three gospels include. It's not that John's gospel is telling a different story about a different person, contrary to those other three gospels. Not at all. Uh, To try and explain how John's gospel is different, I want you to just imagine with me, so this is fantasy now, just imagine that these four men go to a play. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they go to a play, and then after the play that they attend, they record their interpretations of what they experienced. They wrote reviews, if you will, of that play, okay? They talk about the lighting, the costumes, all the characters. They talk about the plot of that play, and they even discuss and record the audience's response in the experience. Now, imagine that that was Matthew, Mark, and Luke, talking about the play that they had seen from the perspective of sitting in with the crowd, in with the audience. Now just imagine that John decides to tell the story from backstage. John decides to tell the story from in the wings, behind the curtain, from a totally different perspective. Same play, but from a different vantage point. Same story, different vantage point. That's the Gospel of John. And what John impresses upon you immediately as you begin to read is I think something like this, that that God from the very beginning has taken the greatest care to pursue us. From the very beginning, God has taken the greatest care to pursue you personally, you. I want us to think about that today in three ways, in three aspects. First, the Gospel of John is really all about knowing the story of Jesus. But the Gospel of John is also about knowing your story, our individual stories in light of his. And then finally, the Gospel of John is about believing that God wants you to know him. Jesus' story, your story, and we can't miss this, the Gospel of John is about believing that God wants you to look at Jesus and realize he is calling you to know him. And if you say, well, I already know him, good. He's calling you to know him better this year through this exploration of John's Gospel. So, Uh, John's gospel is all about knowing Jesus' story from his eternal origins. John, unlike the other three gospel writers, the other three evangelists, they're called, uh, John doesn't begin with Jesus' birth. Did you notice that? He didn't begin with Jesus' earthly genealogy. He didn't even begin, as Mark's gospel does, right at the start of Jesus' earthly ministry while he was a man. John begins differently. What does John do? Look at the first five verses. He says, 
in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This word, he uses the expression, the word. This word always was, always was with God, and always was God. And whatever the word is, and whomever the word is, it is God's own creative agency. It is God's own power and will that has brought all things into existence. Now, I want you to observe a comparison that we're going to make right now between the first five verses of John's gospel and the first five verses of the Bible. I'm going to read to you Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and all I want you to do is listen. Look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, while I read to you Genesis 1, 1 through 5. Just listen and observe. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Those similarities are not an accident. And quite literally, in the Greek New Testament and in the Greek Old Testament, the very two words in the beginning are identical. John is saying something profound that he doesn't want his audience to miss, that he doesn't want you to miss. Just as in Psalm 33, it says that by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And just as in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, which personifies God's wisdom. Wisdom says that he was there with God at the beginning of the creation of all things. And wisdom personified says, then I was beside God like a master workman. In these ways, John is saying that the word is God's very self-expression, self disclosure, God's very nature, his will, his laws. When John says the word, he is saying God's way of communicating and revealing and expressing himself. The word is not a part of God's creation. It's crucial to see that. It's not part like the sun and goats and people, and mountains, and rivers. It's not a part of God's creation, and yet the Word is part of God Himself. 
And then shockingly, in verse 14, listen to this, John writes, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, tented, tabernacled, pitched his tent among us. This Jesus of Nazareth that John is going to begin talking about, uh, before we talk about his earthly life, John is saying, before we get into uh, the people he knew and his family and his apostles and the people who opposed him and the work he did and the teachings that he uttered, before we get into any of that, John is saying, we need to understand this about Jesus. He is God in the flesh. As one New Testament scholar wrote, the deeds and the words of Jesus are the deeds and the words of God. If this be not true, the book is blasphemous. As we come to know Jesus, we come to know God himself. That's why Jesus came. And as we read on in John's gospel through the weeks, And through the months, the themes you see here in the prologue, because that's what the first 18 verses are. It's like a prologue to everything that we're going to hear about. And all the themes packed into this prologue, they're they're like seeds that are going to blossom into beautiful themes throughout the the entire gospel as what unfolds is a record of the life and work of Jesus Christ. So John just in these first 18 verses, right? And just in the first five verses that I read to you, um, John took great care in order to say Jesus' story had no beginning because he is God. In the beginning, he was, always, he was already there with the Father. But as you read on in the Gospel of John, another story will unfold. Another person's story is going to be told. It's yours. The Gospel of John will begin to tell your story. John's Gospel is about knowing your story. We're going to discover along the way that Jesus will pursue and minister to not only crowds and multitudes, but individuals. He shows up at a newlywed couple's wedding. He reaches out to and befriends a despised, lonely Samaritan woman. He heals a blind man. He heals a crippled man. He even befriends and ministers to a Pharisee. Jesus not only enters into the human story in the Gospel of John, but he enters into yours. Look at how it explains it in verse 12, because it says in verse 11 that although God created the world, when he came to the world, the world did not recognize him. And although the Jewish people were his own people because he was a son, an ancestor of great King David and an ancestor of Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, it says in verse 11 that his own people did not receive him. But then in verse 12, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, not enemies, children. 
So what I'm inviting you to do today and what I'm inviting us to do through this study in the Gospel of John is to discover the story of Jesus. Maybe for the first time, if you've been following him for a long time, rediscover it. Discover his story and discover your story in light of his. Discover your story on a more personal level. We all have different ways of telling our stories. This is where I'm from, how I was born, this is what I was good at, this is, these are the terrible, these are my traumas, this is what I'm still not recovered from in my life, and this is what I love and hate. We all have a way of telling our story, but John's gospel gives you an opportunity to retell your story in light of who Jesus is. So that's my invitation to you. Now, how are we gonna do that? Here's a suggestion. Read John's gospel like a story, right? Those of you who love to study the Bible, this is gonna be difficult for you. Don't study it. Don't study the gospel of John. Read the gospel of John like a story. This may take you a while because as you read it, allow it to begin to retell your own story. Rethink your own story, your own history, your own life from the perspective of what you're reading in this gospel. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible or if you're not a Christian, my encouragement to you in doing this is find a Christian you trust and ask them to read it with you. Maybe you and they can read it together maybe a couple of chapters a week, get together for coffee and just talk about or read together each portion of John's gospel and rediscover the story of Jesus. Now, why am I suggesting this? Well, it's, uh, let's see, we're two decades into, can you believe it? We're two decades into the 21st century and we just had the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 2001 and we're in this pandemic. So I would suggest to you that in the past two decades, Americans have become desperate to believe in something. In a post 9-11 world, we know we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable and we know it now. We're not only vulnerable from terrorist attacks from overseas and outside of our borders. What have we discovered we're vulnerable from terrorist attacks in our own communities, from our very own schools, from our very own families. In a post-COVID world, I don't think we're quite post-COVID. In a post-COVID world, we know that our bodies are vulnerable. We know that our assets and our jobs are vulnerable. We know that our relationships are vulnerable because a little invisible virus has even alienated us from one another. So we look to, think about it, we look, who do we look to? We look to our celebrities. We look to our politicians. And we look to these huge, all-encompassing ideologies about our life and our society like American exceptionalism, or critical theory, we're looking for something to believe in. We want an ideology to define who we are and how everything works. We're looking for a person who's big enough to pour all of our hopes into, who will not fail us, who will make everything right. It's amazing how 
in a post-God society, we still want some type of a God to believe in. And so celebrities are getting more famous and the rich are getting richer and we're putting more hope into our politicians than ever before. And what the Gospel of John is saying is you can believe in a person who is big enough and loving enough and powerful enough and gracious enough to handle all of our fears and insecurities and threats. The Gospel of John is saying believe this Jesus, learn his story, and let his story change you. Human beings, through our religion and through all of our philosophies, we try to understand God from a distance. We try and understand our origins and the meaning of life and was there a big bang. We try and understand all of these things but keep him at a distance at the same time because we don't trust him. And the Bible tells us we don't trust him because we are against him. As you heard Chrissy say to the kids this morning, we are by nature against our creator. So we try and understand the meaning of life and our purpose from a distance keeping him far away. And it says in verses 10 and 11, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him and his own people did not receive him. Among all that threatens us in the 21st century, I think the greatest threat is unbelief. And that is the key thing that John's John's gospel is opposing unbelief. But as this gospel will show us, the true God will not leave us at a distance. He draws close. He pursues us. John's gospel is about believing that God wants you to know him. It's not just, hey, let me tell you about the life and work of Jesus. We'll get to the end and realize John saying to us, the reason I'm telling you all of this is that you will believe that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and that you may have life in his name. Come backstage with me again, okay? Remember the the illustration uh, from, from the very beginning? Let's go backstage again. Let's see things from John's vantage point in the wings behind the curtain. John closes his amazing prologue in verse 18 with these words, no one has ever seen God. But then he says, the only God, or in the original language, the only begotten, or God, the only one. No one has seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side. So not the Father, but very much God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So John wrote a gospel telling an intimate account of the play's lead actor and his purpose in performing his craft. Even more than that, John tells a story of the director the playwright even, the playwright's intent in crafting a story of beauty that displays and promotes and expresses the lead actor's remarkable gifts. And the playwright did it, the director did it 
for the joy of reaching an audience that he loves. John is telling the story from an intimate perspective, and we will discover that he is known in this gospel as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Not that Jesus didn't love the other disciples, but John was very close to Jesus. John took care of Mary after Jesus left. And so the disciple whom Jesus loved tells us the story of his life from an intimate perspective. John is giving us the director's notes. The Gospel of John is the director's cut on the life and ministry and purpose of the Son of God. But just as John took the greatest care to craft this beautiful prologue, right? Just five simple verses and all the care that went into those few sentences. Just as John took such care to introduce to you the Son of God, so has God taken the greatest care to reveal himself to us so that we may know him. From before time and space began, God has taken the greatest care to give himself to you so that you may know him. Jesus Christ is, this is really why Jesus came. Jesus is God's careful, truthful, loving approach of revealing himself to you. Just like we sang in the hymn earlier, when you realize that, when you realize, like in verse 14, and the word of God, the creative power and nature and personality and creative will of God became a human being. When you think about that, we can't help but sing those words. Um, When I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. When we truly realize that this is what God did for us, we scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. God, from the very beginning, has taken the greatest care to pursue you because he wants you to know him. And the Gospel of John is his intimate, personal take on introducing his son to us. So, let's discover Jesus' story, maybe for the first time for you, or maybe this is an opportunity for you to read it again and discover your own story in light of his, but on a more personal, intimate level. So that's what we're gonna do as we explore the fourth gospel. And as we prepare now to take the Lord's Supper, let's pray. God, we are privileged to explore this ancient document revealing the life and work, death and resurrection of your son. May we know him better, and through him, may we know you better. We now set aside this bread and this cup from their ordinary uh, daily uses for spiritual purposes today. Through this bread and this cup, through this meal that Jesus prepared for us 2,000 years ago and commanded his disciples to take in remembrance of him, through this meal, Father, encourage our souls. 
Convict us of our sin. Remind us of the hope that you are coming back for us to redeem us and to redeem all things. Remind us that we are forgiven, no longer your enemies, no longer orphans, but adopted daughters and sons. Amen.